In the beginning was the word. As a writer, I find this both so encouraging and also so very intimidating. That clean, blank sheet of paper or that blinking cursor, they can taunt me. Something is waiting to be created, to be written down, but where to start? What will it be? I didn't set out to be a writer. I, I had understood from the time I was a teenager that I was called to be a priest, and I more or less moved in that direction until it happened. And yes, this vocation involves plenty of writing, but, but it's of a particular sort and to a particular end. It was maybe five years ago or so that I began to feel another tug, not in place of serving as a priest, but alongside it and woven into it. It was this, this sort of quiet, nagging suggestion that I needed to write, write more than sermons and offer that to more people, to other people than those who might walk through the church doors. I had no idea what this might look like or where it might go. I just kept returning to this obnoxious and persistent sense that I was supposed to write. And here, here in the Gospel of John, in the very beginning of it, we hear that new creation begins with a word. It echoes Genesis, this story of our beginnings as God calls all of creation into being with a word, simply by naming it and inviting it to be. Let there be light. Let there be land and sea and stars above. Let there be. And now this word comes again. It's a kind of account that's more poetry and art than, than just a simple narrative. It's, it's one where there's no baby Jesus, there's no manger or tired mother and awestruck shepherds. Instead, there is the cosmos, the collection of all time and the restoration of all that is. John offers us this completely different way to enter into the Christ story, following right on the heels of our pageant recounting the nativity a few days ago. This prologue to John's gospel, I think it can lead us to consider our foundations. The word that is translated here for us as word, as in, in the beginning was the word, it carries an incredibly deep history, long before it appeared here in the Gospel of John. 
logos, that's the Greek. It speaks to the ordering of the universe, the, the underlying logic that flows in and through life and all of creation. This word, this logos, it introduces possibility. It serves to usher in the possibility of new life, the, the promise of new life, simply by naming it. It is a gift that comes by uttering it, such that we can imagine this new life and start to move a little bit towards living it. As I hear the beauty of these lines again, I have the sense that, that John understands that you can be living and yet feel deadened. That you can be alive and yet so desperately in need of this renewal. And then this word arrives. Unexpected, maybe unbidden, it's a word of belovedness that arrives in isolation. A word of freedom that comes to loose the shackles of everything that bind us. It's a word of healing that enters into our own brokenness, the brokenness of the world. The word pulls us into new life, beckoning us to become that new creation. I kept writing, not knowing where it would go, but feeling compelled all the same to write down my experience of becoming a priest in the midst of mourning my mother and my son's deaths. And this story of trying to preach good news in the midst of heartbreak. For quite some time, it was a haphazard practice at best, grabbing 20 minutes while one kid napped and the other was miraculously content, or getting up early to jot down some thoughts and then staying up late to try to flesh them out. As time went by, I, I found I was surprised that this seemingly solitary practice of writing did not, in fact, transpire alone. A few tender and trusted souls joined me there, reading these early and scrambled drafts and giving feedback. A few more joined the effort and then many more as a sort of support crew offering me encouragement, encouragement both, both tangibly and also in spirit. Eventually I came to see how this gathering of the word was an act of community, that it was impossible to create something like this alone. A few days ago, on Christmas Eve Eve, I opened the box and I held the final product. My book had arrived and next week, this story will be winging its way out into the world. 
It is surreal. I can't quite believe it has this actual cover and that the pages all line up with one another, one another instead of being all jagged in a massive three-ring binder. It's thrilling to reach this point, but I actually want to tell you about a quieter truth, one that matters far more to me. It came as I finished the first draft of this manuscript. In retrospect, it was a jumble, written still in multiple tenses, far, far longer than it needed to be, and really choppy. But the story was there. The struggle was written down. And as I held that full, heavy, and totally ordinary plastic binder, I realized with absolute clarity that if no one read this, not a single soul, it would have been enough. It would have been worth it. What I saw then was how the act of writing had set me free. That this practice of going to the beginning and starting with these words, of writing down this whole story, it allowed me to live with this same story, to live with the heartbreak, not in spite of it. The word I understood gave me new life. This week, I learned that in Hebrew, dabar means both word and deed. It means both, the idea and the action. In Hebrew, then, to say something is also to do something. Frederick Beekner explains it this way. He says, words are power, essentially the power of creation. By my words, I both discover and create who I am. This is how words work, I believe. And this is how the word, God with us, works. The words come as a seed, slowly pointing to what might be possible. They let us imagine a new way, a new life, a new self, they lead us then into all things being made new, from the genesis of just that one word, from the word. So what do you hear circling for you, drawing near? What are you ready to whisper into that quiet? Where do you want to name that new life that God is calling forth in you and call it into being together? It's okay if it feels intimidating. It's okay if you don't know where it might lead or even where to begin. We just need to listen for that one first word. This here, I think this is the essence of Christmas. 
This feast of the incarnation is about going back to the beginning, defying what we have been told is possible, and telling a new story of what will be, of what can be. It's the story where God moves in, shows up, walks among us. It's a story where the vulnerable topple the mighty, where liberation reigns. A story where healing comes where we almost couldn't believe it. Christmas is about one word, the word, being far more powerful than we could have imagined. Christmas is this word coming so close as to make all things, even our own lives, new.